Yo, can everybody stand up? How's everybody doing today? Good. We are here to celebrate today, tomorrow, and Sunday, the most important weekend in the history of this planet. Can I get an amen? amen. And let's say hello to all the people on all, our, all of our campuses out there, all the people in the military watching. God bless y'all. There are a lot of people who can't be with their families, and we just want to tell you we love you, appreciate you, and pray that we know the Holy Spirit is as much there as he is here. So God bless you. Uh, so excited. Um, a guy had a vision. I think it was a dream. He was sleeping or something. And in this dream, there were a bunch of people standing in a line, one behind another. And at the front of the line was Jesus was standing in front of a vault of money. And when you got to the front of the line, you could just, Jesus would say, what do you want? And whatever you want, he would take it out. First guy went up and said, want 100 grand? And guy said, okay, hold on. He said, well, that's a whole nother. I just put that right in my pocket. Here you go. And then the next guy came, want a million dollars. He said, okay, I gave a million dollars. Next guy, $10 million. And my friend was in this line. He was thinking, what's he going to say when he gets to the front of the line? And when he got to the front of the line, Jesus said, what do you want? He said, I want it all. Um, I want you to ask God for it all. Don't get God in little pieces. Just get it all. I know some of y'all, you know, you come to church Easter, Christmas, or at once a month, or every other week, whatever it is, or you read your Bible whenever, or you only read your Bible when you come to church. Whatever your uh, little piece of the pie is, stop that. I'm so glad Jesus didn't die like 10%. <laughs> like when he, when he, like when he, they nailed to the cross, just his hand died and everything else lived. <laughs> He completely died. He completely died for all of our sins. So he, he gave us his all. Let's us give him our all. Can I get amen? Can I come on, come on up? Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Lord, I pray you challenge us um, that today, which is the first day of the rest of our life, today, this is the first moment of the rest of our life. I pray we give you all. You asked Peter three times, do you love me? Do you love me more than your job, your family, your church, your ministry? Do you love me more than all of that? That's what I want. I want you to love me more than all of that. Lord, I love you. I want to love you more. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would stir our hearts to love Jesus more than ever before. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, he wants all of you. <laughs> For all of you who are sitting there going, where did he get that jacket? Zara. Okay, Zara. <laughs> How many of y'all wonder that? I bought this jacket last Easter. I never wore it. So anyway, let's see your Bibles. Turn your Bibles up in the air. On the count of three, say word. Okay, thank you very much. One, two, three, say word. Very good, very good, very good. Turn to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. My uh, grandson is uh, turning five, which I think is the best age. I think the best ages of life are five and 25 and then when you die, <laughs> whatever that age is when you die. I have a theory about when you're going to die. I think you're going to die when you finish doing everything God has called you to do or God has figured you're never going to get around to it. <laughs> oh, snap. So anyway, I, I took my grandson 
at the 10 o'clock service, he comes to 10 o'clock service, and after service, he comes on stage and he, and he grabs my Bible and he carries it off. He's my armor bearer. So today we went shopping to get his armor bearer suit, and, all, and the whole time I'm like, MJ, you're going to be smooth. You're going to be smooth. So he's, uh, he's, he's getting ready. So I had, I had to break out my Mazar smooth jacket. Uh, when you're little, you learn how to pray. And when we're little, we learn how to pray like this. Dear God, uh, can I have a bike for Christmas? Can my sister get her front teeth? Can mommy have another baby? Can daddy get a better job? And we, and we just learn to ask God for everything. And we view prayer as something where I ask God for stuff. I want to propose to you the most powerful prayers is when you pray to give something. Uh, as we're in our series uh, called The Pursuit, and I'm continuing our series through Easter, a disciple believes in the power of prayer. And I want to propose to you that the most powerful prayers are the ones not where you ask for something, but where you give something. And as we talk about Jesus and his death, obviously Jesus died on the cross. We're uh, uh, talk about that today, and, and you're going to be able to pin some stuff on the crosses in all our campuses, some of your stuff. He prayed three times in Luke leading up to his death, uh, once in the garden, once when he was being, and then once when he was being nailed, and once when he was hanging on the cross. And in each one of these prayers, he doesn't really ask for anything. He surrenders something. He gives something up. Now, why is this relevant? Because all of us pray every day. And I would imagine that some of y'all are thinking, well, my prayers aren't being answered like I want to. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> it's about you. <laughs> And I think that if we look at Jesus' life, our, as believers in Christ, our responsibility and calling is to be like him. Can I get an amen? amen? The reason you come to church is to be like Christ. Now, by the way, he didn't come to church on Sunday. They didn't have church on Sunday. So the byproduct of you being here is that you would act like him at work, that you would act like him at school or at your house. And one of the things that he did was he prayed all the time. Sometimes he prayed all night. I don't know how many of you pray all night. Well, if he needed to pray all night, show sure enough, we need to pray all night. Can I get amen? amen? And so we're going to look at these three prayers. And what we're going to learn in these three prayers is that in each one of these prayers, he gave something. And so my, I'm going to challenge you as we go through this to be thinking about your life, your prayer life, and three things you can give up. But first I want to read something to you. First Corinthians, I'm sorry, first, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live, I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved and gave himself up for me. What is that important? Just as Jesus was crucified, so we must be crucified. And our crucifixion is not that someone's going to nail us to wood, but every single day we are surrendering our life to him afresh because in our pride and our ego and our selfishness and our blindness, the Bible says that our heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. We don't even know it. We don't even know how sinful we are. We don't even know how arrogant we are, how egotistical we are, how gossipy we are. Say amen if you know that you don't really know how sinful you are. Say amen. 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 Someone once asked me when I first moved out here from New York, New York people are different from California people. California people are, are generally nicer. I'm not saying they're nicer people. They're just nicer. 
And what I mean by that, in New York, it's just kind of like, Ugh. you know, you go to the store, what do you want? That, that, that's, don't be offended by that. You go in a deli, yeah, what do you want? That's just how people talk in general. It's a little, it's a little more rough in New York. Anybody from New York? Anybody from New York? Yeah, uh, can I get an amen? And we almost take pride in being rough. You know, it's like, you're rough to me and I'm rough back to you. And then we give a hug and that's it, it's all good, it's all love. And so when I came out to California, I was like, I was rough and I'm loud by nature. I don't have a hearing problem, I'm just loud, right? And, um, and, um, and so this lady said to me one day, do you have any idea how people perceive you? <laughs> now, the answer I'm gonna tell you that I said, I'm not proud of the answer, but it was the answer. I'm not saying it was a good answer, it was just, my New York honest answer. So when she said, do you know how people perceive you? I said, I'm from New York, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, if you wanna tell me, but it doesn't matter. Now, that's, a, that's not a good answer, it was just the answer I gave her now. But my point is that we don't even realize how far we drift from God every day. When I was uh, a little kid, my father got a boat. That was a big mistake. We didn't really do good with that boat. <laughs> you remember that boat? <laughs> oh, my, my sister's down here going like this. <laughs> we went out in this boat once and, we, and, and we're in the boat. And I, my father would always dare me to do stuff. And I would always take the challenge, like run across the freeway. Okay, I'll run across the freeway, right? <laughs> stuff like that. So we're in the boat and he says, I dare you to jump out the boat. I was like, I, I can swim, I'll jump out the boat. We're in, like out in the canal. I mean, it wasn't like the boat was docked and it was like, we were out where stuff was moving around. And as soon as I jumped in the water, the current took me away from the boat. I mean, I, involuntarily, and he panicked because he's thinking, I'm gonna drown. You know, but I swam back and got back in the boat. But like, every day we're doing this from God. Culture just sweeps you away. As soon as you turn the radio, it sweeps you away. As soon as you turn on TV and listen to the news, sweeps you away. Just garbage. As soon as you talk to your friends, sweeps you away. And every day you have to crucify yourself afresh. So when you pray, I want you to listen to these three prayers Jesus did. Now, give, give you context. If you commit murder, you go to jail. You should. Sin consequence. If you lie to someone, the relationship is broken. Sin, consequence. If you steal, depending on what it was, you go to jail, you lose your job. Sin, consequence. I want you to take all the sins of the world and put them on one person. That's Jesus' death on the cross. And I want you to take all the penalty of all those sins. Hell is what he saved you and me from. So the reason he died was because all the sins that we commit have a consequence. Hell. Jesus died on the cross to pay for all of our sins. The Bible says he who had no sin became sin. He didn't just take our sin on. He actually became our sin. That's how much it consumed him when he was on the cross. So all of your sins. So you have an opportunity to have all your sin forgiven. Are you following what I'm saying? So the reason he was crucified was to pay the price for your sin so you could actually say, Lord, God, Father, I am forgiven because my sins are forgiven by Jesus. You don't want to go to the Father and say, hey, God, you know, I'm going to pay for my own sins. Let me, let me, how, what you, how much you need? You don't have enough money because it's not about money. It's about your life. You can only pay with your life or Jesus' life. Without bloodshed, there's no forgiveness of sin. You cannot pay for your sin without bloodshed. It's either going to be your blood suffering in hell or Jesus' blood on the cross. That's, a, that's an easy decision. It's a kind of a no-brainer. 
Jesus didn't die for no reason. Matter of fact, we're going to see in a minute. He asked God, is there any other way? If you ever had a discussion with somebody and said, well, are you telling me that Jesus is the only way to heaven? Well, Jesus asked the same question. Is there any other way? We're going to see here in a minute. And the answer is no, but we'll see here in a minute. So he has given you an opportunity to say, I want to be forgiven. But there's going to be three prayers and there's three things that he gives up. And I want to challenge you to give these things up every time you pray. Every time you pray. Just say, Lord, I'm, I'm surrendering these to you in prayer. Prayer is just communication with God. Prayer is not requesting God from something from God. Prayer is communication with God. Doesn't mean you have to request something. <laughs> you can tell God in prayer, I love you. That's a prayer. You're really good to me. That's a prayer. So it's not just requesting something, it's communication. And so you don't always feel like you have to ask for some, something. And by the way, don't always feel like God doesn't know what you already need. And, don't, and also, don't realize, you need to realize that a lot of times you're asking for stuff that you don't really want. Dear God, I want to date that girl. No, you don't. <laughs> or, I want to date that guy. No, you don't. God is trying to save you. I want to buy that house. That house will take all your money. So you want to, you, you just, just keep that in mind that you always don't know what's good for you. That's why you want to trust in God. So let's, let's read this. First, first um, prayer, number one in your notes, Father, give me a heart that prayerfully surrenders control of my life. Give me a heart. Remember, we're, we're talking about being a disciple. Lord, I change my heart so I would surrender my life to you every day. Can you imagine that? God, it's not my life. Take it. It doesn't mean kill you. And by the way, if God kills you, that'd be all the better. Because heaven is better than earth. Everyone say it with me. Say heaven, heaven. is better than earth. Heaven. I'm not trying to tell you to kill yourself or die. I'm just telling you, don't be boohooing when people go to heaven. I mean, they're in heaven. It's like, man, they went to Hawaiian vacation. That's messed up. You would never say that. Look what it says in, in chapter, chapter 22, verse 39. Verse... Um, I'm sorry, verse 41, he was withdrawn. He's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's getting ready to be arrested. He's getting ready to be arrested. Remember, you and I are constantly being crucified or should be crucified in Christ. Surrender my life to him. In verse, verse 41, it says he was withdrawn from them for about a stone's throw. He knelt down and prayed. Here's what he prayed. Number one, Father, if it is your will to take this cup from me, nevertheless, not my will, but your will. Everyone say, not my will. Say, but your will. Hey, God, you know what? I'm, I got ideas for my life. I think I want to do this. I think I want to marry her. I think I want to have this job. I think I want to marry him. I think I want to buy this car. I, I, I think I'm going to uh, uh, apply for this job. I think I'm going to study to be a doctor, whatever it is. But you know what, God? I don't know everything. So that's kind of what I want, but I want to give it to you. How many of y'all by a show of hands can think of one problem? I mean, think of your biggest problem that you would love to just have God handle. Raise your hand. Then give it to him. What does that mean to give it to him? Say, God, I can't do it. I'm surrendering it to you. I'll let you guide and direct me through it. But I'm not going to try to figure it out on myself. Stop struggling. Give it to him. Constantly ask for wisdom. Surrender your will. Turn over your life. You know, whenever you pray, dear God, I want this in Jesus, and then you pray in Jesus' name. Everyone say in Jesus' name. Here's what that means. First, let me tell you what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that if you pray anything and say in Jesus' name at the end, you get it. 
That's not what it means. Dear Lord, I want to have five Mercedes. Mercedes. In Jesus' name. And you go into the dealer and say, hey, I pray in Jesus' name. Fool, you got some money? Tell you a true story, when we bought this building, we're in Point Loma, this building, we bought this building, I was talking to the, the seller, McMillan is the, the, the home builder, they sold us this building. And <laughs> I went to the lady and said, look, God told me this is our building. You, you, you don't try to sell it to somebody else, you're wasting your time and money. You just need to, God already told me that. And I know in the mind, like, son, we don't deal in God's stuff. We got money, you got cash. <laughs> Just because you say Jesus' name, what you're really saying is, God, I want this, I want this, I think about this, I think about this, I think about this. But you know what? In Jesus' name means, but whatever you want. Whatever you want. You can go around all day saying, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. It's a good thing to say, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Whatever you want, God, whatever you want, God, whatever you want, God, whatever you want, God. It's not mine. Your life is a vapor. I told my wife, we were driving here today. And in 11, there are 11 more Good Fridays, 11, before I'm 70. Now, uh, it, that's not funny, okay? That's not funny. <laughs> it's not funny. It's sad. Because <laughs> I was like, I mean, because I, I think, I don't know if I'm retiring when I'm 70, but that's, that sounds about right. I don't know. But I'm thinking, 11. That's nothing. Six, and I'll be 65. Six. And what is that point? You see, your life goes like that. Your life is like that. God, I give it to you. Number, number two. Jesus created me a heart that prayerfully releases all personal debt. I'm not saying necessarily someone owes you money, you release them. Necessarily. Look at chapter 23. They arrested Jesus' disciple, betrayed him, Judas. You ever wonder why Jesus had a disciple that he picked that betrayed him? Here's why I think. He wanted you to know you will always have a Judas in your life. So when someone close to you stabs you in the back, don't be shocked. And he had Judas take care of the money. I wonder why he did that. Because money's not your savior. He had a disciple betray him. He had a disciple deny him. He had people spit on him, whip him, hit him with rods, pull out his beard, put thorns in his head, turn their back on him. The very people he died said crucify him. They nailed him to wood. And he was doing it for their sin. He had no sin. He was perfect. He was doing it so they had an opportunity to go to heaven. So imagine you giving up your life so someone else could be blessed. And then here's what he said. Verse 33, when he, they come to, to a place called Calvary, they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right, one on the left. And he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Raise your hand if you have a grudge against somebody. <laughs> come on now, y'all. Come on, y'all. 
it's church, it's church. I know it's not Sunday, but it's still church. Y'all like, hey, y'all do the T-Rex thing, okay. <laughs> Let me just scratch my chest and hey. How many of y'all, how many of y'all, there's somebody in your life, you're like, uh, uh. there you go, that's better, that's better. That's better, that's right, okay. Y'all like the Munchkins on, on the Wizard of Oz. Remember the Munchkins? I love those brothers. Like, <laughs> so cool, dude. They were like this tall. Let it go. In Jesus' name, I pray that all these people would let it go right now. They would just release to you all personal debt. That those people cannot heal these people. That person you're mad at cannot make you happy. Only God can make you happy. Let it go. In Jesus' name, amen. Imagine if every day you just, imagine if one day you woke up and said, I'm not going to be mad anymore. Matter of fact, you know what the Bible says? If you love your enemy, it's like taking burning coals and putting it on their head. Now I want you to think about that person you're mad at. <laughs> when you love to take a burning coal, I had a high, high five. Hey, how you doing? You know how you do that? You love them. And you know what? You know what? You know what having a grudge against somebody else is like? It's like drinking poison thinking it's hurting them. Because you're the one carrying, you're the one fighting. I had a lady come to me, true story. I don't know, third, fourth year of this church, it was, we were at San Diego State, and I used to stand at the door and shake people's hands at every service. And, and this lady came saying, I've been mad at you for eight years. No, no lie. I said, who are you? <laughs> what is your name? I didn't know who this person was. So they've been for eight years. And as far as that, her was concerned, I was like, whatever. I didn't know. So you're like this, fighting in your sleep, wrestling, can't sleep because you're mad at somebody and they ain't even thinking about you. They might not even know you. Now, some of them I'm sure do. Let it go. Why? Because if you can't forgive them, Jesus ain't going to forgive you. You let it go because that's what Jesus did. And that's all you need to know. You may say, well, they don't deserve it. Exactly. That's what forgiveness is all about. It's when they don't deserve it. Neither do you. You think you deserve the forgiveness that God died on the cross for you? No, you don't. Everyone say no. You don't deserve it. You, don't, you, you can't earn it. You can't pay him back. You can just say thank you. Number three. Holy Spirit, develop a heart in me that has prayerfully places, prayerfully places, <coughs> I would love to die preaching. <laughs> I didn't think I was just getting ready to die, but it just kind of, you know, whoa. <laughs> Then you don't think I was just going to die right now? Thank you. I hope, no, don't, don't. If, if I die, don't, don't, don't. I mean, you'll cry, whatever. I'm good. I'll be like, <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> I'll be good. I'll be real good. I'll be praying for y'all. <laughs> Holy Spirit, develop a heart that is prayerfully placed in the Father's hand. On the cross, Jesus said, last words, he prayed a prayer. He cried out with a loud voice and said, Father, give me a new car. Father, I want to raise. 
I want, a, I want, a new, I want a, an office by the window. A window. Window is New York. <laughs> Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said that, he did this. <sighs> I watched two people die. My mother and my father. I watched them take their last breath. And as sad as it was, there was something so hopeful about it. Jesus said, Father, here we go. Ultimately, that's what you're going to do. So why don't you just do it now? In a minute, we're going to pray. And you're going to have the opportunity to say, Father, here's my life. God doesn't want your time your money, your attendance, some Bible time in the morning. He wants your heart. Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? He said, you know, you know I love you. No, 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 no. Do you love me without an agenda where you're loving me to get something? God just wants you to love without an agenda. And he wants you to say, okay, God, here's my life. So in a minute we're going to pray. And, and if you want to give your life to Christ and acknowledge that he died on the cross for you and you didn't deserve it. And he died on the cross so your sins could be forgiven. The Bible says all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the penalty is death. All of you are going to die. You are going to die. There's two deaths. It's a physical death. And it's a spiritual death. You don't have to die the second death, the spiritual death. That's called hell. Because Jesus died on the cross, he saved you from the second death. You go to heaven. It's up to you. But after you die, you can't make that decision. You have to make it before. I was, I was talking to these, youth, these kids one day, and this kid said to me, can I party my whole life, get high, do all, everything I want, right before I die, I ask Jesus to forgive me while I go to heaven. I said, if right before you die, you ask Jesus to forgive you and you're sincere, you will go to heaven. And he said, why would God let me cheat him like that? I was like, no, you, you didn't cheat God, you cheated yourself because you had a jacked up life. You think you partying is better than what God's going to give you? <laughs> Are you out of your mind? You're going to lose friends, lose your teeth, can't keep a job, be all jacked up. Then you, don't, you got it backwards. So not only do you live a life that's like death, you end up, yeah, maybe you go to heaven, but you lived a life that, was, that wasn't even worth living. Versus a life that is full of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, selfless. So I want to ask all you all to bow your heads and close your eyes and pray with me. And think about your life. Jesus, we thank you so much for your your life, but more importantly, we thank you for your death. That you died on the cross for us to pay for our sin. The Bible says the penalty of sin is death. But the Bible says that while we were sinners, Jesus died on the cross. And his whole way to the cross, he's praying prayers of surrender, which is so consistent with his act of surrender to become a man in the first place. And he came out of heaven, humbled himself to become a person, and then even humbled himself even further to die on a cross at the hands of sinners. 
And Lord, we thank you. We thank you even more for tomorrow and Sunday as we celebrate your resurrection. But if you realize that Jesus died for you, you realize that you are a sinner, you realize that the penalty of your sin is death, and that you would like to ask Christ to be your Savior, and you would like to pray a prayer of surrender, a prayer surrendering your life into the Father's hand. Pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I surrender. I give you my life. Please forgive me of my sin. Jesus, thank you for dying for me, rising from the dead. I receive by faith salvation in the name of Jesus Christ who died and rose from the dead. I surrender my life to you, Jesus. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed and all the campuses, if you prayed that prayer, I'm just gonna ask you to slip your hand up really high wherever you are on any campus. God bless you, really high, really high, really high. God bless you, God bless you, really high, really high. Elbows above your ear, God bless you. God bless you, God bless you. We see you all over the room. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. You can put your hands down. Lord, thank you so much for all those people. Lord, I want to pray a prayer over every single person who just raised their hand. I pray in Jesus' name that today, the first day of their new life, that they would walk in complete surrender to you. Lord, I pray for our church. I pray for everybody in this room, everybody watching online, all our campuses, that we would walk in obedience to you, surrender to you, that the power of our prayers is to the degree that we surrender our life into your hand and allow you to guide and direct us, allow you to empower us, allow you to speak to us, allow you to anoint us, allow you to gift us, open doors for us, allow you to lead us. Instead of us barking orders to you, we surrender our lives to you. Lord, I pray for miracles in our church, in people's lives as they surrender their burdens and their requests, that you would open up doors they've been begging you for. I pray you would reveal to them the power of surrendering to you. In Jesus' name, amen.